and welcome to Veterans to Success. And today I've got with me uh, Neil, Neil Taylor. We met some time ago and we've been chewing the fat. And, and I just thought it'd be interesting to interview Neil because it's about the stuff that he's done before. And Neil, Neil, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to see you. And um, what I'd like you to do is uh, tell me a little bit about yourself before the military all that time ago. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Yes, uh, no problem at all. Before I joined up a long time ago in 96, I worked in hotels uh, for about right. two and a half years. So um, but through that time, I'd always wanted to join uh, the RAF. And um, it was through a um, going through the recession. So they weren't taking on at the time. So um, I worked in hotels. I started doing a, um, a youth training a hotel management scheme. Uh, all right. Okay course as it were so i was working in a hotel for 30 quid a week it's like slave labor really think about it now but that got me um interacting with people giving me confidence communication um being part of a team i was like working doing um portraying in the mornings and then the evenings i was working in the restaurant so i had different uh scopes to work on um communicate well like I say communicating with people and um being part of a uh, well-established team at that hotel. So I did that for two and a half years. Um, worked in a couple of hotels because the money was better at the time. So I moved on from that one. And uh, then I had my calling um, to uh, from the RAF. Uh, got through all the inter- all the interview stages and I was accepted. By, by, the, way, by the way, I just I just want to get you there. So, so what happened while you were working at the hotel in the leisure industry and hospitality what made you decide that you wanted to go in the RAF oh no I always, sorry I did, always wanted to be in the RAF I was in the right, air, cadets okay. was, air cadets when I was 13 and ah, um, right okay yeah so that gave me a good grounding as well for uh, the RAF um, and then my brother joined up as well so that made me more want to join right, and okay. uh, and then I, I got in eventually so like the hotels was just a marked time Right, Pretty so, much. Yeah, yeah. Just so then you got into the RAF, and what happened then? I mean, yeah. what, prompt, what prompted you to join? Do my bit. That's what I wanted to uh, to do, right. um, and uh, and I did did all that, and then um, I went through Peterborough AFCO. Um, they were very welcoming, as they all are. They tried to get me to be a chef. Um, well, I was like, no thanks. So, uh, but I wanted to be a medic. So, which my brother was a medic as well. So, um, I kind of had an idea what what was going on, and then uh, yeah, the rep went from there really, and onto Holton for my basic training, and then oh, uh, Holton, yeah, yes, I, I remember that, yeah, and and then uh, off to Keo Barracks in Aldershot for uh, best part of a year. Uh, so it's tri service training. It's the first yeah, course yeah. of its kind. Yeah. And uh, so that was an eye-opener, going from an RAF environment to a predominantly army-led environment. So uh, it's Yeah, we were though. talking about that, weren't we? Um, yes. Yeah. Like, you guys stay in hotels, we stay in fields sort of thing. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did that work for you? How did you get on when you were doing your Mediterranean? What sort of stress were you put under du- duress, if you like? I was very stressful because um, I'd had no medical background at all and there's a lot to learn. Um, mm. and the pressure was on to get through um, the exams and the practicals. And, um, yeah, we got our heads down in the books every night and um, just cracked on, really. Good stuff. So from from your training at the shop, all the shop, where, where did you then venture to? Because you, you've done a good stint in the RAF, actually. I've looked at your 
a brief look at your career. Uh, and I bet you it's involved quite a few interesting things. So yeah. where did you go next and what, what yeah. did you do? So first posting was um, RF Marham up in Norfolk near Kings Lynn. So it was a tornado uh, station. Um, so two squadrons on there uh, working in the medical centre. Right. So I was there for two and a half years. So that was that was good. That was a good introduction, especially working with the aircraft, emergency states, things like that, going on the ambulance on the airfield, and um, mm. lots of um, exercises, disaster exercises, and things like that. So it's uh, it's a, an interesting place to work. Which prep which prepped you for some of the other interesting stuff that you did? So what was your most demanding time? Afghanistan was probably the. Yeah. Uh, the big one in uh, Herrick 9, uh, 0809. So I was on the MERT, uh, the right. medical emergency response team. So we were flying, we were taking the A&E department to the front line to pick up the casualties, um, which was, um, yeah, it's very interesting, high in- very intense um, part of my career. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was I, interesting. I, mean, I learned a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, not wanting to put you under any pressure and delve in. There would have been some challenging times, though, I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah. We're exposed to a lot of um, a lot that we. There was, I was there. I was only there. They were put there for three months um, because of the high intensity of the role. Um, so I think it was twenty-five um, British personnel who passed away yeah. while in that time I was there, um, and a lot of other nationalities as well. Yeah. Um, plus a lot of injuries um, to go along with all that as well. So it's uh, yeah, it's. The adrenaline got us through it, uh, but when you come home, you decompress very quickly and you mm. go from 150 miles an hour to 30 miles an hour, and you it's very surreal. And it's 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 how to cope with it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people out there in the same boat, and um, you just get on with it. But you've got to, any um, dark days, things like that, you've got to talk about, and you know, yeah. not talk to yourself because if you do that, it's going to be make it even worse for yourself in the long run. Yeah, which is which is why I, I love being involved with Transformation for Veterans, a charity I work with, because we help you guys overcome that. Because it, they they first found it. I'm I don't, I'm not sure whether you're aware. They first found, you know, when the Apollo missions were happening, and then they landed right. on the moon. Uh, when they came back, right, they did go through a big period of depression, and. Oh, really? Yeah, and a, a sense of loss. Because, like, when you've been in space or what on the moon, what else is there? Nothing. Yeah, so you come back to Earth, like you f- fall back to Earth, and then, well, all right, I'm going for a drive or a walk. I'm going to walk in the park. It's not as quite as good as the moon, is it? So, <laughs> no. and, they, and they found that they really got depressed because once you've been at a top level, in yeah. something like you in Afghan on the front line, three months working day and night, saving lives, seeing lives lost, and then yeah. you come back and you're walking around the street. And the worst thing that can happen is somebody trips over a flagstone that's sticking out the ground. Yeah. And so, how did you cope with that when that happened? I knew, I reflect, I knew straight away that there was issues underlying um, with the things that I've been exposed to out there. So yeah. um, I, sought, I sought help straight away, saw my doctor, um, and he referred me to the, um, the CPN, the psychiatric nurses, community psychiatric nurse, and uh, did some treatment with them. Um, worked for a bit, and then 
it kept coming back and coming back. And then 10 years later, I met somebody uh, when I was based out in Cyprus and he says uh, they've been doing it wrong. So they've not been anchoring your um, your treatment. Right. So um, I had to go through it all again. But he gained a, a total game changer for me. And, um, and it was towards the end of my career. So I'm so pleased that I met this gentleman um, who sorted me out, really. So what, what, what was he? Was he a therapist? Yes. Yes. Community community psychiatric nurse. Sorry, after. Ah, right. Okay. So so yeah. what had been happening with because these were civilians, I take it. Uh, where? What the community psychiatric? Oh, no, 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 no. They were no, no. They were um, service personnel. Oh, there was I think service it's personnel. Yeah, I think it's because they're their experience and all yeah. that side of things. It's um, then I read finally met the right person and he nailed it on the head and they got me Uh, sorted out so they were creating an anchor for you on the stuff that you've gone rather than an anchor to forget it or to something else right okay yeah yeah change the image in my head to a positive yeah i've I've got you now about the community psychiatric nurse being in service yeah yeah so so from that then what what was the point where you just thought do you know what i've had it and and also the fact that you'd you served your time, which we were talking about. You were coming up to the end of your time. Was it just that at that point you said, "I've had enough," or "I've done my twenty-two and I want to get out"? What? What? Yeah, yeah it was the time up. So I've done twenty-two, and then I, 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 I did Afghan at my twelve-year point, and I was, I was ready to leave after then because of what, what I've been through. Um, but then I thought I can ride it out. I'll get my pension, which is I'm glad. I'm so glad I yeah uh, for that. Um, that's been a godsend, really. Um, but yeah, time up. And I was when I got to the twenty-year point, the mirror settlement started, and uh, looking at my courses. So I knew people, other people that had gone offshore as medics as well. So um, I mean, the pay's good, um, can't complain that. But it doesn't buy total happiness when I can't be at home all the time. So mm. um, some trips away are good, some aren't, aren't so good. So some can really drag when you're on your own. It's um, it can mm. be uh, a bit tough. So that's interesting about the getting out. What and and you started your resettlement two years really before you got out. Yes. For me, it was I I did I did uh, seven and a half and then another seven and a half. So the transition for me, I didn't feel. Mind you, it was long before you got out, but it was it wasn't as it wasn't that great. How did you find the resettlement process for you? Yeah, it's very good actually. I knew, I knew what I wanted. I did my homework. That's the biggie. Do your homework. Yeah. You got to be fixed yeah, on what you want to do. Thanks for that, mate. So you're saying I didn't do my homework? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I'm only, I'm only joking. So you did your homework, yeah? Yeah. Um, and then I knew what course I wanted to do, and then I stuck to it. Um, so all my courses are all paid for uh, through my enhanced learning credits. Well, I paid twenty percent on yeah. uh, on them, but it's a fraction of what they're charging so we did that and all very good courses and um yeah got me where i wanted to be really so it got me a job which is the main thing and when you got to the gate on the day you were leaving uh, and, uh, and what happened on that day what was the feeling as you stepped over the threshold into civvy street surreal really yeah. surreal it mm. was um it's quite it was lump in my throat time because it's a most of half, half my life I've been serving, yeah. and then that was it. I've come in, handed my ID card back. I'm out the gate and I can't go back in because I've got I'm got an ID card. Yeah. And, and I drive past certain camps. I think I can't go on there anymore. You know, it's yeah. like it, it took a while to to get used to that idea. Um, 
probably about a few months. Um, but once you get into your, your mindset and then the, my job kicked in and I had that to distract me from yeah, yeah. that during the transition. So um, it's like a weight off my shoulders as well, but also an emotional, like a breakup really. It was uh, mm. leaving something behind, but, you know, still a veteran. That's what it kind of Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So you've, t- you've touched on it already. I-, I want you to just go inside your mind now and think, what was the biggest challenge about leaving? Yeah, well, we were talking to my wife, my wife about this yesterday. The biggest challenge was living on a camp and the security of the camp. And we felt ever so safe uh, behind the wire. Yeah. And then we're coming out, we moved to, we moved to a nice town. And um, it's like, it's not the same. It took a, a, a good while to to get used to that, um, that, that security, that feeling of, you know, being looked after sort of thing. So we weren't protected. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Now, now we're out in the open. It's um, but I think once you it's that initial bit in a few months, you just get used to it and you you do move on. It's just that uh, that that transition. Yeah, because you could always look at the state when you go through the guard guard past the guard room. Is it bikini black amber, whatever? Yeah. And that would tell you yeah. that you're being looked after, and they know that's right. What this yeah. is. Yeah. This question, this this next question that I've got for you is, is going to be. Seem a little bit strange because I know to many, many guys who are in the military, guys being men or women, just to clarify that, often you do, or we do an awful lot and just think it's everyday job and it's nothing special. It's just what we do. So now as a frame that I'd like to ask you, what is the secret to your success? And I want you to think about the success you have achieved already that you might not even appreciate if I hadn't said what I've just said. Yeah, I was thinking about this one. It's um, the underlying skills that I've been given by the military. Um, like I repeat, it's like I said before, communication, team player, um, have a bit of respect for others as year old, you know, for your seniors as well and play the game. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, just be a, be a nice person because if you're not, then you're not going to, what yeah, goes around absolutely. I believe what in goes around comes so, around. Yeah, very much so. So, um, but yeah, it's I, I don't see it as a success. But now you've mentioned it, yes, it has been a success and a big transition. It's got me where I am today. So I've got my own home. Um, yeah. Looking at you know, I've been working offshore now for five years, so managing that. Um, so yeah, that's that's given me the the skills to be where I am now. So uh, yes. Yeah, and even though we may not realise it at the time, no pain, no gain. What what pain we've had in the past helps us to be who we are today. Absolutely, yeah. And and talking about pain, because because you know I see so many people on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all over the show, talking about the success that they've made and this is what you want to be like photo shopping and they may have hired a Porsche or a Lamborghini for the day and it's not theirs really but they make everyone think it is theirs or or there's people on LinkedIn saying leadership courses and when you look you think well how how qualified are they to talk about leadership if you know what I mean so so with the success now that and I'm really pleased you've recognised the success. And I and I and I've read your CV, and I know right that you've got a lot more success. And we could talk for ages just on that because saving life is a success, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great reward in that. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you deal with failure, though? It's a tough one. Oh. Um, it's it's got to reassess uh, the talk. You know, work it out. Do it. Give yourself a debrief. Talk to people around you. Talk to family, your nearest and dearest. Um, try and work it out. Okay, we've done that. And then try some plan B. You know, and move on and go from there. Really, that's the best thing. Communicate. Yeah, well, and and you know what? That was that was the word that came into my head then. Communication. Yeah. It's about when I when I talk to roughy toughy military people. The one thing that I've done because you know the term "pull up a sandbag," right? Yeah. When 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 I've sat down with guys and you look at these guys and you think flipping it, oh, there's no way anything can get you down. And when you when you sit down and I start having a chat, you find out actually they've got some stuff going on. And just chatting about it is cathartic and it helps. So communication is great that you do that. And it's good that you've got a circle of friends that you can communicate with. And I know we're going to choose a fact over some stuff as well, uh, just to to find out more about each other. So, and talking about that leads, because it's great, because it's as if you've written a script, because the next one is how important do you think a, a good social network is and a good business network to have oh massively i think it's um especially linkedin as well that's a big one so if you've got certain things and if some you've got say if you've got 500 people and half of them like it then that can go to their their connections are going to see it and that just goes on and on and on so that's a network you've got facebook instagram it depends how you how you want to play it really um how far you want to push what you want to put out there and um and the world is yours if you want to You've got, to, you've got to work for it. It doesn't come yeah, to you yeah. on a flight. Yeah. yeah. So, I, 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 and, and the clue is in the word, actually, network, isn't it? Yeah. You net and then work it. So, Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, that's how we met, isn't it, really? Yes, that's right. Uh, so it, it's great. So with that and talking about communicating with family, friends, how how important is it to have a good mentor or coach what 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 qualities have you found in having a good cultural mentor? Well, you need it. You need somebody to look up to, to confide in. Um, Perdona me, my my wife, I confide a lot in. So she's she's very um, she's very knowledgeable in right. various fields. So she will advise me um, if I need to, or speak to friends um, and go re- and reach out. Really, I've got you know it's, it's quite easy, but it, but it's important. You need yeah. to speak to people. And going back to your military days and my, yeah. I mean, a coach or a mentor might have been your squadron leader or or, or actually the section commander, you know, yeah. uh, to IC and stuff. Because and sergeant, I mean, I had a great sergeant in training. He, I didn't think it was at the time. Now that I look back, uh, yeah, that was a great baptism by fire, but it was a great learning <laughs> process. Definitely, and you remember it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then in business, I've had some guys that have been less abrasive, just as effective, though, in different ways. Yeah. Okay. So we've, you've already touched on it, Neil. I'd just like you to have a think, because now that we've got, gone through this process and, and you've shared a lot of valuable information with me, how how transferable do you think the skills are you learn in the military and how valuable do you think they are in Civvy Street? Oh, gold, uh, 
gold dust, really. It's um, extremely valuable. You can transfer your skills to anything, really. If you wanted to, if you were, say, if you were, a, I don't know, a, a, a supplier, and then you go to work in Tesco's as a, a team leader, you've be, you've had skills from the military to help you be a team leader. You don't actually need to know exactly what the job is, but if you can team lead and tell people what to do and learn from them and gain respect mm. for them quickly, and you will. Um, there'd be no problems at all. You can you can transfer those skills to any environment, pretty much. And and how how important do you think the lessons from military life have been in helping you with your everyday life as well? Yeah, I just um, being nice to people is a biggie. You get more. I get more response being nice. Um, I wasn't. I was never a shouty person or anything like that. If you no. you, you be nice to people, they'll be nice with you. So. Um, yeah, it's, I, believe, I believe in karma and just be nice all the time. Um, positive thinking, no negativity, um, and it goes a long way, really. Yeah, and and interestingly, the what what I've heard coming through is about communication, having a good support network, the way that you were always focused on joining the RAF, and even though you didn't do it straight away. You, you went into a, the hospitality business to tie you over whilst your application process was going through for a few years while you were determining yep. what you could do. And, and, and you did get challenges. Uh, and, and certainly um, the, the tours that you've done to Afghanistan and various things, because, hey, you know what? I take my hat off to you guys, medics, because I've been in a few scrapes where you medics have come to me and without you, know, I might not be here. So thank you very much for thank you. for the pathway that you took because it's important to have the medic, uh, and someone to answer to, and to call when you call out medic yeah. as well. We um, get a lot of grief. We yeah, get yeah. a lot of abuse. Well, I mean, when you're not working, mate, you're just making cups of tea, aren't you? <laughs> it's, just, it's the same offshore. I just get so much abuse all the time. So you won't be like this if I'm looking down on you, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, actually, it's nice to have a face looking at you who's got a syringe or something with morphine in. But uh -huh. when you're not and you're just pouring a cup of tea, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean joking aside, no, absolutely brilliant. And, and what I want to ask now is I want you to think about this before you answer it what is the one thing or the one top tip you would give to a veteran or someone who's leaving the military that will help them achieve their success on city street um yeah do your homework just get the right courses get the read all the reviews um on the El Caspo site you've got all the different courses and our reviews on there from people that do it just don't jump in uh feet first look around um and find the right course for you, and you'll do fine. Good. Well, listen, Neil, I know we're going to have many conversations again, and, and uh, I'll probably have you on the podcast again sometime. So until we meet again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I've been Joe Connor. You've been listening to Neil Taylor, and uh, it's great. Thank you. Cheers, Joe.